Well, good morning. Good morning. See, we're a, a little light in number this morning, at least here in the sanctuary. But that's okay, because uh, those of us who are here, both in person and on the live stream, are, uh, well, we're going to start on our path down the Advent Trail towards Christmas. And I know, I know that when Angela hears that, she's going to say, don't forget about Thanksgiving. I haven't forgotten. I have not forgotten. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. And so we intend to celebrate that here in the church. But we are starting, we're not there yet, but we are starting that downhill run into the Advent season. And I can't think of a better way to start it. You know, if I had my way, I'd make this an annual tradition. We have a lot of those in the church, don't we? Mm -hmm. Do it once and it's a tradition. There's a little book in the Old Testament named after a woman. It's called Ruth. And it's nestled in between the books of Judges and the books of Samuel. And it's just a short few pages long. But to me, this is the story of Advent. The anticipation of the coming of Messiah Jesus. Which, after all, is what Christmas is really about. And so this morning, we're going to begin a very short two-part series in the Old Testament book of Ruth. And Ruth's story is particularly powerful as we be begin this, this downhill run. I say downhill because once you start, man, there's just no stopping it until all of a sudden it's Christmas. You know, in order not to spoil the story for you, I'm going to let you discover why this is... Um, a downhill run into the season of Advent. I'll let you discover it as we go, but I will say that Advent is a season of expectation and the story of Ruth builds that expectation perhaps better than any other story in the Bible. And so we will start with Ruth chapter 1 this week, and it's a story of a family who is displaced because of a famine in the, the land of Judah. And so they leave to go find uh, a living elsewhere. Hear what the writer of Ruth tells us. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. 
Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughter, it has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So this first chapter of the Old Testament book of Ruth opens with the story of Naomi and her husband Elimelech of Bethlehem of Judah in the days before the kings when judges ruled the nation of Judah. It's about from 1200 to 1025 B.C., and as the story begins, our focus is all on Naomi, wife of Elimelech, mother of two sons, Malon and Chilion. She's the everyday, ordinary Jewish woman tending to her house and family. But then suddenly this great famine in Judah causes Naomi and the family to pack up everything they could carry, move to the land of Moab in order to survive, and in an instant... Naomi is now displaced and distressed, and her normal life as a wife and a mother has been radically changed. I have to pause here and ask the question, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been going through life well established in your routine when all of a sudden the bottom drops out from under you? Everything's going fine in your household. And out of nowhere, the breadwinner gets laid off from his or her job, or a family member becomes seriously ill, or a natural disaster strikes and you lose everything. There are any number of scenarios that I could mention, but you get the idea that for whatever reason, suddenly, 
life as you know it is fundamentally changed and not for the better as far as you can see. And this is where Naomi finds herself. And so Naomi and her family restart their life together in Moab. But then once again, out of nowhere, Elimelech dies unexpectedly. And now Naomi is displaced and distressed and she's now a grieving widow. Can you imagine the thought of being in a strange land, far from home, losing your spouse, losing your companion and your provider? It's, it's tragic, but as we all too often see in our own experiences, when tragedy strikes, well, life tends to go on anyway. We don't get to put the game of life on pause and take a break from life. We don't get to sit out of life for a few plays while the game goes on without us. We might try to do that, but we're only fooling ourselves if we think that we can remove ourselves from our circumstances on our own power and on our own terms. We very seldom get the opportunity just to sit and regroup because life continues. And so Naomi's family adjusts once again to their new circumstances. And Naomi's sons marry Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. And so life continues for a time. But as they enter their 10th year in Moab, Naomi's sons die. Doesn't say why. And it leaves Orpah and Ruth, young widows. It leaves Naomi as a woman with no hope for a future, no hope for remarriage, no hope for a living except through the kindness of strangers. How much more could a person endure? How much more can Naomi endure? The woman has endured so much pain in her life, and now, on top of all that, she is destitute and hopeless. And I have to pause once again and ask the question, have you been there? Have you been hit hard in the game of life, brought crashing down to the ground, and then while we're all laid out and helpless, we are mercilessly kicked and piled upon? Has that ever been you? I'm sure it's been many of us. And so realizing the bleakness of her situation, Naomi decides to go home to Judah. Now she's gotten word that the famine is done. At least there's that. There's food at home. So she and her daughters-in-law head out for Naomi's home in Bethlehem without any idea what is left for them there. It's been over a decade. Is the family property still there? Is, is the house even still standing? Has a distant relative taken it over as their own? Has a stranger claimed it? There's such uncertainty that lies ahead, but even that is better in Naomi's eyes than her lot in Moab with no support whatsoever. And so they head for home. And while they're beginning their journey, Naomi has second thoughts about her daughters-in-law. 
and she tells Ruth and Orpah, go back to your mother's home in Moab so that you can have a support system. They're, they're young and they have an opportunity to remarry and have a life in Moab. And so tearfully, Orpah chooses to go back to Moab and she returns to her gods, the, the scripture tells us. That's still more despair for Naomi as she, for all intents and purposes, loses yet another child. But Ruth takes a different course. She remains with Naomi. She tells her, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from following you for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, that's where I will die. That's where I will be buried. And she makes an oath. She says, thus may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. And so Naomi is convinced that Ruth is determined to go with her. Now, you may be thinking, what a depressing, tragic, awful story. Thank you very much, Pastor. <laughs> On a Sunday morning, I really needed to hear that. Well, for that part of it, I'm truly sorry. Really, I am. But there is a, a point to this little book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Because you see what started as a tragic account of a Jewish woman named Naomi now shifts its focus to a Gentile woman named Ruth. And Ruth is an extraordinary woman, as we can already see. On the surface, she's a woman of youth and beauty, Bible tells us. But deeper than that, she's a woman of intense loyalty. While Orpah returned to her Moabite life, a life separated from the one true God, Ruth saw that her future was different. The, the path that she would take would be different. She wanted to go with Naomi. She wanted to be a part of the people of God. She wanted to abide with Naomi and her God. And so the, the truly remarkable thing about this little book of the Bible is that the experiences of these key individuals in the story are really representative of God's much larger plans for his people. And here's where you and I fit into this story. Because it's not just about Naomi and Elimelech and their sons. It's not about Orpah and Ruth so much as it is about the people of God. See, Naomi and Ruth are tight. They're representative of a bigger picture, a deeper, lasting narrative that we, as the people of God, have a part in. Now, I realize I'm kind of leaving you hanging as I'm about to wrap up, but that's intentional. Think about this in between now and, and the next time we meet. As as we complete this journey with Ruth next week, all of the pieces are going to fall into place for you and you will see the hand of God moving, not only in the lives of Ruth and Naomi, but in your lives as well. 
Because we should all have a roof in our life. We should all strive to be a roof in the lives of other people. Loyal, steadfast, faithful. These qualities will serve Ruth well as her story unfolds for us next week. And you will see that Ruth's story is really your story. Her experience is our experience as a people, as the body of Christ, as the church. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil the rest of the story for next week, but I will leave you with this. Through the, the tragedies and the tribulations of our lives, we can sometimes be overcome with the weight of our circumstances. And what we have to remember through all of it is that God is working ahead of us. He is reaching into hearts and minds we haven't even thought of yet. He is moving in the world, making a way for His work to be done, making a way for His plan to unfold. And it's by His grace that we work. And when we surrender, our will for his when his will is done his kingdom comes his kingdom comes see the story of Ruth is the story of the coming Messiah that's why it's the downhill run story to begin the Advent season it's all about the lineage of David that just so happens to pass through a Gentile woman named Ruth. Our circumstances in life, in the world, they don't define who we are. What defines who we are is our relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. I invite you to return here next week to hear the rest of your story as told through this woman named Ruth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our next hymn is Faith of Our Fathers, verses 1, 2, and 3.